I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. of the Flyers Talk podcast for this Tuesday, May 26th edition. As always, Katie Emmer and Jordan Hall joining you. And Jordan, you know, it's it's been tough throughout this NHL pause. Not a lot of news going on, at least some ideas. But today, it's official. We officially get an announcement from Gary Bettman about the return to play, featuring a 2014 playoff format. A lot going with it. We'll get into those details momentarily. But first and foremost, Jordan, what were your initial reactions to the announcement from Gary Bettman? Yeah, Katie, I feel like there's uh, there's like two sides of it. I think there's uh, some people that are very optimistic about it. They enjoyed hearing the 24-team format. Uh, they enjoy news, um, and it gave them something to look forward to. Uh, and then there's the people that I think are more on the pessimistic side where they're like, well, hey, we still don't know anything. We don't even know when these teams are going to be exactly uh, reconvening in small groups. Uh, the, the league is hoping for early June. Uh, for for phase two, which is the small groups and voluntary workouts, but uh, nothing really is firm yet. Um, I'm more on the optimistic side. I think it's great to hear that the league has a plan. Um, it was great to know, even if we don't even know about uh, certain rounds being best of five or best of seven yet, or we don't know reseeding or brackets yet. Um, I think it was good to know that they have a detailed plan and they're really, really pushing towards this and hoping that they can resume the season. So I thought it was great. It's nice to know where the Flyers are, even if we don't know their matchup. Um, and kudos to the Flyers. They, they had a really, really good run of hockey from early January uh, that set them up well for this, for this type of scenario. Obviously, no one could have predicted it would, it would be like this, but uh, they set themselves up well. So good for them. Katie, uh, what were your thoughts, though? Yeah, I mean, how could you not be optimistic Jordan we've said it this whole entire time since March 12th like any day is a day closer to hockey returning that's still the case now now it's solidified again there's so many uncertain things blanks that the NHL has to fill in and again I mean you just hope for the best that you know this COVID-19 doesn't get any worse like things just continue to get better for the best possible scenario again of the timing of these phases that you talk about so again hoping everyone continues to stay healthy but it certainly is a good thing to think that you're going to see a puck dropping very soon. And coming up, too, we're going to get the reactions of Keith Jones. He's joining us on the Flyers Talk podcast to share what he thinks about the uh, announcement earlier today. But, 
Yeah, Jordan, you know, it's it's a positive. We talked to you about this 2014 playoff format. It was a rumor. I mean, when we had Brian Boucher on, it was just a rumor, right, that we were seeing circulate on social media. And now this is really coming to fruition. It's really exciting, of course, the, the idea of hockey coming back. There's a lot that go into this. Um, and just to read through for some of our listeners, again, this is going to be 24 teams that are going to resume play. The top 12 in each conference, so there's, of course, you know, the East and the West are going to be split. Um, they're going to be ranked on the points percentage in the regular season, which as of today, the regular season, of course, is closed by what Gary Bettman said. Um, and each conference will be assigned to a hub city. That was another thing we were talking about. There's four potential cities, Jordan. Now there's just two, and, and there's quite a list of those to get into. And um, just with what we were thinking with the Flyers, and again, we'll get into what we think for their chances, but... This is a bit different. I mean, we were thinking, okay, the winner of Montreal and the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins game, like that's going to be who plays the Flyers. No, now it's going to be a round robin between the top four teams in the East, which of course is the Caps, the uh, Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Flyers. So now the Flyers have a chance to jump to the number one seed. I mean, in something too that Keith Jones talked about is, is it's a positive to get some play, get up on your skates, get ready for some uh, – some action. Look at me already dropping a good hockey cliche there. We know him. Um, but yeah, he, he's a great interview. Again, that'll be coming on his um, opinions about this. I have nothing but positive thoughts. Jordan, just like you, as you mentioned earlier, if there is a chance for hockey to be back, um, I'm happy. Again, it's sad to think of an NHL playoff, Stanley Cup playoff with, with no fans in the crowd, but um, these two hub cities might make it for, for easier circumstances. You might be able to get through the rounds quicker. I mean, we don't really know, but there's not going to be travel involved. Um, and there's quite a list of these hub cities that could potentially host either the East or the West. Yeah, quite a few. And that's just one of the many hurdles I think the NHL is still facing uh, is picking and finding the, the best uh, hub city for the East and the Western conferences. Um, and then obviously they, uh, they still need to decide on whether they, in the first and second rounds, after the qualifying round, which we know those matchups between those eight teams, in the first and second rounds, they still need to decide whether they want to reseed or if they want to just play in a bracket style, uh, which obviously that's a lot up in the air. Uh, it really makes it difficult um, for the top four seeds or even the other eight teams to know who they're playing yet. But obviously, there's a long way to go until uh, we see games. But it is great to see that the NHL decided to experiment. It's great to see that they have a scenario in place for what they want to do. Uh, and now, hopefully, they can iron out those those fine details. And the biggest thing would be, hopefully, in early June, they can have uh, have players reconvene and have voluntary workouts. And hopefully, that will lead to training camps um, and then a possible resumption. But uh, Still some obstacles to go, uh, but Katie, on the topic of hub cities, uh, we have the list right here. Here are the ones at the cities that they're looking for um, that they're narrowing it down to. It's Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Minneapolis, uh, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. So for the Flyers, it could come down to Columbus, Ohio, uh, it could come down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of course. And then it could also come down to Toronto. Uh, Katie, if we had to pick uh, one city, where do you think the Flyers are preferring? Um, if they could pick one, uh, where would you like to see them go? 
Well, as happy as a Minnesota native I am to see that Minneapolis St. Paul is on that list. I mean, of course, everyone wants to come when it's a bit warmer in Minnesota, but no, most importantly for the Flyers, Jordan, I have some questions. I mean, all I'm sort of wondering is if it is Columbus, do they shoot the cannon? I mean, is the cannon going to be going off if there's no fan? I mean, does that happen? Um, all I can think about is that cannon. I don't want it going off again. It would only for the Blue Jackets, but maybe they still put it. I don't know. I don't know about Columbus, but um, that would be, you know, I think the most pleasing location for me. I just feel like it's a good central location. Um, and I could see that just benefiting the Flyers. And all I have to say is Pittsburgh is no, abs absolutely not. I don't care. Um, again, home ice advantage, it really isn't a thing if you think about no fans and attendance, but I don't even want to be in Pittsburgh. Like, really, the Flyers, of course, they've had their moments, their memories of playing, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs in Pittsburgh, and maybe that could be a good thing if it ends up being the location, but no. I think my best would be Columbus, excluding that cannon, of course. Get it out of there. Make sure that's not anywhere near the ice. Uh, too distracting, too annoying. I think Columbus would be good. What about you? I love that, Katie. I've heard very, I've heard very bad things about that annoying cannon. Seriously, uh, so it's obnoxious. Great, great point there. And it sounds like you don't want Sidney Crosby and company to feel like they're at home, which I like. Don't let those Pittsburgh Penguins get comfortable. But ironically, I think the Flyers would like Pittsburgh, and I think it'd be good for them. They are very familiar with those surroundings. They've played well in Pittsburgh. They seem to get up whenever. Uh, they go to that city. They seem to that city seems to get the best out of them. Uh, so weirdly, I think uh, Pittsburgh will be will be really good for the Flyers. Again, very familiar with it. Um, the trip wouldn't be too bad. Uh, a trip they've done many many times. Um, and yeah, a lot of Flyers veterans on this team who have done many a trips to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I think it would be pretty comfortable for them. Uh, and I think that's all. I think that's what would be really important would be just feeling comfortable knowing your surroundings uh, because no fans obviously have, you know, it makes it totally unique for the NHL. Um, but I'm going Pittsburgh. I think, I okay. think Philly would like to see Pittsburgh, but uh, it, I, have it a, I have a question with this though. I mean, of course I understand where you're coming from, but overall, like Sidney Crosby, for example, or any player that's going to be playing in their home city where they already are, is Sidney Crosby, after a game, Jordan, just going to be able to go, like, say hi to his family or, or Jake Gensel, for that matter, or any member of the, the Penguins? Like, are we going to see Chris Letang able to just go hang with his family and, like, the other teams? I'm sure they're going to be thinking about that, you know, a lot of blanks to still be filled in uh, for this. But does that kind of make you, like, like, you don't think there's any home ice advantage or any advantage, maybe, of these guys playing in their home arenas, but you got to think maybe a little bit if they're right at home in a way. That's a fantastic question. I don't think players, if it's in their home city, I don't believe they would be able to go home. I, I believe all teams will have to be in a quarantine situation where they're all staying in a hotel, level playing field. Um, I think that was a big discussion, obviously. I think about what each hub city would provide in terms of hotels, um, room, um, how, what what it is, how it uh, how close it is to obviously the arenas. So I think that was a big topic of discussion, and I would imagine all teams would have to would have to abide by that. So that, but it really is a great question. If, if you know the Penguins are playing in Pittsburgh, is it just like you know, is it like status quo for them, where they get to go home and be with their families and uh, be able to sleep in their own beds? I don't think so, but uh, that's definitely an interesting question. That I think we'll get answered eventually. 
I have a feeling it's going to be all teams are staying in a hotel uh, and quarantining in that fashion. Uh, yeah. But regardless, though, it's fun to talk about because, it, it, like you said, Katie, it, it means hopefully this is a step toward uh, us and everyone seeing hockey. Uh, but like the NHL said, uh, they said it numerous times, the health and safety of everyone is paramount, uh, and that's good to hear too. Uh, many hurdles to go, but good to know that they're planning for, for all scenarios. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's a full team effort um, from start to finish. Uh, still a lot of work, like you mentioned, to be done. But I'll just reiterate, I am so happy with this league, what we've been able to see um, every single day of this of this NHL pause. Jordan, there was on this podcast, we, we always not always, but most of the time there was something to react to or, or maybe talk about with what we were seeing circulated on social media, whether it was rumors or anything else. I said that the NHL, I mean, out of any, most of the leagues, at least in my eyes, of course, I pay most attention to the NHL, but I just feel like they were the most promising as like, as how I trusted that this would come back from what we heard from Gary Bettman again, after March 12th, just saying like, it is so important for us to award a Stanley cup. That is all that matters at the end of this. Um, you kind of knew like you had maybe that feeling, of course, we still don't know if this is going to be able to happen. And that's what is so tough. But I, I just really do appreciate the league giving us this, this positivity um, to, to really lean on right now. And speaking of positivity, it's something that Keith Jones talks a lot about with this, uh, with this recent news from Gary Bettman and the return to play um, featuring the 2014 playoff format. So with that, here is the one and only Jonesy joining us on the Flyers Talk podcast. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. All right, and now we have the one and only Keith Jones joining us. And Jonesy, I sure miss, I gotta say, I miss sending it to you pre and post game. This is really different. But finally, we have some news to talk about, something maybe closer to that happening again. Hope you've been well. Um, and I wanna get into what you've been up to during this break. Jordan and I would love to hear about it. But first and foremost, since this is the newest thing, what are your initial reactions to hearing what Gary Bettman had to say? Well, it, one of excitement, number one. It's great to hear that there's a plan in place. I, I think that it's very encouraging news, uh, something to target, something to look forward to. And uh, I think it gives us all some hope that uh, we're going to have some hockey in the very near future. And I think it was uh, well-organized, well-planned out. Looks like a lot of smart people put a lot of hard work in to come up with something in these uni unique circumstances to mm -hmm. give hockey fans something to look forward to and those of us that work in the industry a chance to talk about and watch the game that we love to watch. Keith, I know there's still a ton up in the air in terms of how the 2014 format will look exactly. Uh, but as a hockey person, what do you think of it? Do you like it? Uh, do you dislike it? Um, what are your initial thoughts on that? I love it. I, I'm just really happy that they're going to have some type of formula that works. I mean, it looks like it'll be a pretty much legitimate run to the Stanley Cup final and will crown a champion that's going to, in my eyes, be the most difficult Stanley Cup that's ever been won in history. Uh, every team is healthy. Uh, very few players are not going to be back playing. A couple of uh, big injuries that some players will miss out on this opportunity. But for the most part, everyone's back. And from the Flyers' perspective, they're back and they're healthy and they're a deep team and they've got a, a even opportunity to try to find a way to win this thing and their strong play prior to this stoppage 
has put them in a position where they're getting a bye and they're going to be <clears throat> playing some games against some of the other top teams to determine whether or not they could possibly uh, possibly be the number one seed on uh, the conference that they're in. So there's a lot to be excited about, and uh, it looks like a lot of hard work has gone into organizing it, and it looks like it's uh, going to be legitimate. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you talk about the Flyers, and they're going to be having to play some games, that being the round robin to figure out they wanted to reseed is what I was hearing. The players wanted to have a chance to – to reseed. So here the Flyers, the number four seed, they have a chance to, to work their way up to one. I know there's some big teams that they'll have to compete with, of course, being the Capitals, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and of course the Bruins. With that round robin, do you have any big um, concerns? I mean, is there any question with how this may work, especially if there's a tie? No, there's. I heard Gary Bedman talk about it, and apparently it'll just go back to the winning percentage during the regular season. So there's an advantage to the teams that are ahead of the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers obviously would love to win out and win all their games, and then the talk of a tiebreaker would not come into play. But uh, there's, there's no question that it's an opportunity, number one, for the players to play some games prior to starting – and, you know, in a playoff situation. So I, I believe that's the genesis of why they came up with this format. When the other teams are playing, you know, the, the best of a five series to determine who's going to play against the top four teams and then uh, eventually during the playoffs, I think it's important that teams like the Flyers have a chance to get their skates back underneath them and a game environment, not an exhibition game, but something with uh, some something on the line. So it's a, it's a unique situation it's a unique formula but uh, when I saw it unfold uh, I was impressed with the, the way it's going to be determined I think it's uh, it bodes well for the Flyers the fact that they're in that top four is a huge bonus before this whole thing gets started. Keith I know I'm really anxious to get your thoughts on this it seems like uh, obviously it could go uh, one or two ways uh, it could either be reseeded or it could be bracketed uh, after that qualifying round it sounds like the players are kind of pulling towards the reseeded option and the nhl kind of wants the bracketed option do you have any take on that what you would prefer and what you would like as a observer i'm a big fan of the bracket i think it uh, really is a great way to involve betters even casual fans that may not watch hockey in the playoffs might tune in to like i do for college basketball and, uh, you know, try to win a few bets along the way and have some fun with that. Even in the office, it makes it a little bit easier for if we're in an office for people to, you know, get in pools and have some fun in that way. So I, I do understand why the league would probably prefer a bracket situation. As a former player, you get sick of playing the same teams and you get tired of trying to go through the same teams to win a Stanley Cup. When I was in Washington, we went against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Lemieux, Yager, heyday, and we had some excellent teams, but had a very difficult time getting by Pittsburgh and seemed to play them every year in the playoffs. So I can see why the players would want a kind of a refreshed look at this, and uh, I understand their perspective on it. But uh, I'm a fan of the bracket now that I'm not playing anymore, Jordan. Yeah. And that refreshed look is completely true when we go back to what you mentioned about all teams are going to be healthy, Jonesy. I mean, this is such an uncertain or something you don't see all the time going into the postseason is that most teams are going to have full healthy rosters. The Flyers, fortunately, will be one of those. But moving on into another thing, I mean, with all the positivity, and of course, we'd love to see these different ideas come about throughout the pause. I feel like the NHL is 
and Batman said it. I mean, they're working constantly. And you mentioned there's so many people that go into this to work every day to find, you know, what are the best options going to be? And that ended up what we saw today. But moving on, like with the timetable of things, we now see, okay, they're entering into phase two here in early June where players like soon here from today on are going to be able to return to their practice facilities. Then in phase three, the opening of training camps is going to happen no earlier than July 1st. And you're going to have players that are coming from overseas that may have to self-quarantine for 14 days. You're going to have different things. And these players, again, they're only going to have six players at a time on the ice. And that training camp is going to happen. And then we're looking at what? Would you say August you would see play maybe happening? And, of course, this is also uncertain. We can hope for the best possible scenario of seeing hockey back soon. But is there any concern with the timing of this and how it could affect maybe next season? Uh, not really. I, I think there's enough window there that they'll find a way to squeeze it in. Uh, I think they're very, being very cautious in the way that they're uh, describing it, but I do believe there's great hope that it's going to happen quicker rather than later. Um, and based upon when you look at what's going on in the country, uh, the, the openings are occurring fast. Every state seems to be catching up now, even the ones that were hit hardest. And I think that the NHL's pattern is going to follow a similar one to what we're seeing everywhere around us. And I, I think that there's been a lot of positives recently. And I think that the league believes that that's the direction that it's going to continue. The warmer the weather, it seems like this thing um, is becoming less of an issue. And I hope that's the case. But um, I, I, think that, I think the timeline will be moved up a little bit. I think we'll see some hockey before July is over. And I think that would be great. And it also bodes well for next year uh, when the regular season, I don't know if it'll start on time, but it shouldn't be too late uh, down the road, maybe somewhere in end of November or at the latest, the start of December. That's great. And uh, Keith, we would love to hear your thoughts just on the Flyers' chances. If this 2014 bracket goes through, uh, I know we don't know who they're going to play yet, but um, they're a top four seed. They played well against some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference all season. And uh, Elaine Vigneault is an experienced coach. That sounds like he's going to have them ready to play. What do you think are their chances in this 2014 field? I, I think their odds were like 12 to 1, and I think that's pretty accurate. I, I think that's where they should be. Uh, I give them a, a very good chance of having a great playoff. They've had an outstanding regular season. And the fact that they've got JVR coming back, Phil Myers coming back, I think it's a really important player for them. Uh, I think those things uh, combined with how well they've defended this year uh, make them look like a legitimate playoff and Stanley Cup contender. When you can keep the puck out of your net, uh, there's a very good chance that you're going to come up with ways to win games in a best-of-seven series. Hopefully that's what they're playing early on, but it might be a three out of five, and uh, that would make for some from interesting drama to say the least but I, I would prefer to see a best of seven series and I think that would benefit the Flyers based upon how deep of a team they are and how, how uh, many different guys can step up and provide some offensive punch when necessary. Hey and no matter what from what we heard today there is a chance hockey can be back we're going to see a puck drop maybe and that is one of the most positive things you could ask for and you mentioned that earlier so much positivity coming from what we heard today and that's all we can do. And speaking of positive, it certainly is nice having you join us on the Flyers Talk podcast. Before you go, though, Jonesy, we need to please the people. They want to know how your farm is doing. I mean, what have you been up to? Have you been on the farm? Where have you been at? Um, and how's the family I'm, doing? 
I, I, everyone's great. I, I've been on the farm. I'm in the basement right now, which was flooded a couple of years ago. And I have not renovated it yet, but uh, it's a great place to hide out down here. Done a lot of cutting the lawn. I have, uh, you know, 15 acres of grass that needs to be cut. And normally I'm not around to do it. So I've had the time to get out there, ride that lawnmower around, had a few flat tires along the way. And Fortunately, I have some neighbors that are real handy and can help me out with that because that is not something that I'm good at. Uh, looking forward to get, getting back and covering some hockey. I've still been doing radios in the, radio in the morning with Al Morgani, and uh, that's been uh, good, a little sense of normalcy, and a chance, if that can be normal, and a chance to get in there and uh, you know at least do something that I've been doing in the past and look forward to doing everything that I've been doing in the past uh, in the near future. That is the great Keith Jones. Keith, thank you so much. It sounds like you are staying busy during this hiatus, but we are definitely excited to hopefully hear you call a game soon. Thank you so much for your insight and time. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. See you soon. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Always, always, always great to hear from Keith Jones. We love his insight, um, and we really cannot wait to hear him on a broadcast soon. What about uh, him mowing the lawn, Jordan, by the way? Are, are we, it, it, like, that was actually I, more important to me. I wanted to know how the farm was doing, and it, yes. sounds, like, it sounds like Keith was staying nice and busy. I'm, I am not surprised. Mowing the lawn, all those acres. I'm just happy he's, uh, he's really getting in the bonding with his family and his neighbors in a time like this, but no, Absolutely. that was funny. But it seems like he was also itching for hockey, which we all are, uh, and I don't blame him one bit there. Katie, I really loved his insight on what he thought about the two different options, whether the NHL in the first and second rounds will reseed or if they will keep it in bracket style. Um, the bracket aspect I thought was great. What Keith said was that uh, it's great for betting. It's, it's great for fan interest. Maybe the fans that aren't the diehards will find that very unique and different. Um, it adds it obviously an element of parity to it. Uh, what is your take, Katie? Because I think there's different opinions on – whether people want to reseed or keep it brackets. What, what do you think? All right, Jordan, well, I have two different angles on this. One is as just an NHL fan, a hockey fan, and the other is coming from what you mentioned with Keith Jones saying how, how much the, the betting is huge. Um, and that would, of course, be the brackets. But as you can imagine, maybe. My, uh, my favorite for um, the NHL just at, coming as a hockey fan would have to be reseeding. And, of course, we hear the players, they want that too. With that, I, I know it's it's – not as fun maybe because all teams really wouldn't be as involved as those top four that are, you know, so prized in this. But I just feel like I come in, coming from maybe what the players are feeling. You put in all that work in the regular season to get up to the top four spots. And now what, I mean, now it's all the, like the more, the better. I mean, to begin with a lot of these teams, Columbus being one of those, um, they're the lower ranked team that they were going to be out Bjorkstrand, of course, with the injury, Seth Jones, um, players like that are going to be back into it they wouldn't have been there to begin with. So I feel like you do have to give a little bit of leverage to the top four teams. I could see that as just being more beneficial when you have more teams in the mix that can help out. Um, you're not going to have fans, of course. We know that. There's a lot of different financial hardships the NHL is going through now throughout this NHL pause and that will continue to go through in the, in the NHL playoffs. A bracket, something that um, you know is maybe that certainty that you want to see, okay, you're, you're knowing maybe who you're playing next. Um, for the sports betting side of things, even just for planning purposes and all hands on deck, like anybody could have their chance at the cup. Um, 
I, I just, I could see that as working too. I mean, I don't really know, Jordan, if I gave you an opinion, like choosing one or the other, um, you know what, maybe in just rebuttal, I'll say the reseeding is probably one of my favorites in this scenario. No, Katie, I think you're just excited for hockey. So I understand <laughs> if no one, I, I understand if I'm nobody excited has to get to pucks deep. Let's go. Start to, start to yell. Start to yell. Got a little no, excited. I like the energy. Um, so no, I understand no. if no one really has a, you know, a strong opinion on it. I, I'm with Keith Jones. I really like the fan in me really likes the bracket style. I like the NCAA tournament. I love everything about that. Yeah. Um, the way it creates uh, upsets. Uh, it makes it unique. And it's obviously great for the betting aspect of, uh, of the sports. Um, so I really like that. I think it would be nice to know which team is going to play who next. Um, and I feel like it doesn't favor some of the top clubs, which I think, again, increases the parity. I feel like everyone loves the Stanley Cup playoffs because of parity. It's always been a parity-driven sport, and that's what makes it great. I think this bracket style would make it even more, more parity-driven. Uh, so I think it would be great for the diehard fans, and I think it would be great for the fans that are kind of on the fence that don't have a ton of interest in the sport. I think it would draw them in. So I think it'd be really good for the league in that aspect. Um, and that's kind of yeah. what I'm hoping for, but I really do understand where the top clubs are coming from. They, they worked really hard all season to give themselves the best chance. Uh, and the reseeding should, you know, and the, and the NHL should look out for the integrity of the playoffs that they've spoken um, a lot about the integrity of playoffs and, uh, some of the integrity should also uh, focus on, you know, favoring those top clubs that put in a great body of work to to put themselves in promising position. But I would love to see the bracket. I think this is a time to experiment, uh, and that's what I hope they go with. Hey, Jordan, no matter what, whether it is reseeding or bracket, there's a chance that hockey can come back. So, I mean, it's like we could go back and forth, right? And, of course, fans, listeners out there, they could have their opinion on what they would like to see. But, hey – if we're going to get pucks deep in some sort of way very soon, I'm happy. But again, though, I know you can't kid around too much with that because you do want the Flyers to have the best chance with this. Um, but hey, you know what? They basically already do. They're in a very good position right now. Um, as some would say, they're sitting at the big kids table, right? Uh, with that, yeah. we know, Jordan, you mentioned earlier, they uh, were having their best hockey and the top hockey in the league since uh, early January you had a great, um, a great tweet on this, talking about the numbers the Flyers were averaging since January 8th, the most goals per game. Um, there was no consecutive losses. They were 19-6-1, of course, and we know in their last 10 games that they were 9-1. They had that nine-game win streak. Um, with that, it's, it's kind of a big question mark on, okay, can they continue that play? But you definitely can't um, underestimate this Flyers team. We know that very well, Jordan, but what stands out to you most from the way they were uh, playing before this NHL pause? And how do you think maybe they could continue that going into the postseason? Who's going to be the one that's really going to be stepping up the most? That's a great question. And I don't think the Flyers can just all of a sudden uh, pick up a restart and all of a sudden regain that momentum just by like the flick of a switch. It just doesn't, you know, it's coming later this week in about two to three days. Uh, it'll be 80 days since uh, NHL teams played a game. So you know, that's a long, long time to all of a sudden just regain the momentum that the Flyers had. But I think the Flyers have a few promising things that they can bank on. One, they've played incredibly well against some of the top Eastern Conference teams. Uh, so they're going to have a shot in that round robin to improve their seed any, even more. They've beaten the Capitals three times this season. They beat the Bruins twice. Uh, they've beaten the Penguins uh, twice. I'm sorry. They went. They went one, one, and one against the Penguins, but played them very tightly. 
Uh, the only top club that they really didn't fare well against was the Lightning, and they lost two yeah. games to Tampa, um, and the one was a one nothing loss. So it wasn't anything to be embarrassed about. So I think one thing they can take into this is that, hey, they can beat everyone in, in the league, specifically the Eastern Conference. That's a positive. Two, they're going to be very healthy. Uh, at the time of the pause, uh, they looked like they were going to be without James Van Riemsdyk for the rest of the re- regular season. It looked like they were going to be without Philip Myers for the rest of the regular season. And they were going to be without Nate Thompson for a few weeks, a guy that joined them in their bottom six and was playing pretty well. So they're going to be fully healthy. They'll have just about everything in their arsenal. Uh, and that's an, another exciting thing. And I think the third element that really favors the Flyers is their coaching staff. I think you have an experienced coach in Elaine Vigneault who's really going to get them to focus. Uh, when there's no fans, sometimes it's hard to get up and you might have players um, trying to do too much. I think the coaches that really harp on their team simplifying things and just playing their style, those teams are going to have the better chances. Uh, and I think Elaine Vigneault is going to have them well-prepared. He's been doing this a long time. He's been doing playoffs a long time. I think he's going to have them really focused on playing their style. And I think that's going to lend to them having really good chances in these games and these longer series. Uh, So for me, I think the Flyers have all the right to like their chances. And on the same, on the same side of the coin, I, I know I'm saying they can't just pick up their momentum right where they left off, but they did have great chemistry in their locker room. And I think when they come back together, they're going to enjoy seeing each other. They're going to, uh, pick up that chemistry. That stuff, I think you don't lose. Uh, so I think they will enjoy seeing each other and uh, and have fun playing together. I think that's a big positive. But Katie, yeah, and- I want to get your thoughts. Uh, it's a, such a unique situation. It's a different format. We don't know when yeah. they're going to play, but what do you like about the Flyers' chances? Do you not like their chances? How do you feel? Well, uh, first and foremost, I do love what you had to say. Your third point there with Elaine Vino. we know what he can do. I just have a big question. Is he still growing the playoff beard? Like, Katie, I should have well, that. That, a, thing a was that thing was legit. I need to know. I need a beard yeah. update. Is that what we can call it? That beard yes. is amazing. If that goes to show that he's our – okay, I mean, I would love to think maybe he was doing it for the playoff aspect. But anyway, I, I, I just want to think that. I don't really know if he planned it that way, but he's got his playoff beard ready. He was ready for this moment. Of course, you talked about, you know, his resume, what he's been able to do. He's been through difficult circumstances. Again, this is something no one's ever had to go through as players, as coaches, as GMs. But uh, if anyone's fit for it, it is, I believe, Elaine Vino and the rest of this veteran coaching staff that we've harped on all season long. One of the biggest things to me, though, um, on top of what you mentioned, you did say the injuries. And that is probably the most important to me is that you're going to have a fully healthy Flyers roster. And we talked about that with Keith Jones. It's like in a regular uh, playoff scenario, you're not seeing fully healthy teams and maybe, you know, other, other teams. I did mention Columbus, like there could be some difficulties with um, fully healthy rosters that you're going to be seeing out there on the ice um, that wouldn't have been healthy if it was the regular run. But for the Flyers sake, that's all we really want to focus on the positives and the Flyers are in good hands. Um, You did mention, with um, Nate Thompson, James Van Riemsdyk, and, and Phil Myers. Another one that comes to mind, Jordan, is even Shane Gostisbehere. And with that, the HL season in conclusion, you think about a fully healthy roster. Okay, now you're going to be adding even more hands on deck. Again, that's going across all teams because um, the HL is done for everybody. But in the Flyers' sake, um, you're going to be getting some good helpers, especially within Morgan Frost, guys that really can help step up, add some extra depth to your team. Why not? Um, you're going to have the fully healthy roster. You're going to have some extra depth. 
Um, nothing wrong with that. So I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be so exciting. Um, the biggest person too, that I could think of, of course, Claude Giroux leading the team. He's a great captain in a moment like this. Um, we've heard about just his leadership that goes on, um, beyond, you know, what we can see, but someone else that comes to mind too, Jordan is Sean Couturier. We think about throughout the regular season, how he was able to lead in the way of leading by example. His play again is always so consistent. One of the most consistent, if not the most consistent flyer. Um, but just like what he was able to do after a loss, that response that was there. I just feel like, again, the, the postseason, everybody's going to have that jump, that response. Um, with the Flyers in general, though, I could see Sean Couturier really just being ready to go on this, um, being a good leader. And the Flyers, again, with Giroux involved and everybody else uh, from the veteran side of things, they are in very good hands. I feel like uh, this could be the start of something really good. Of course, we see that already with uh, this bracket. So many blanks to still uh, fill in, Jordan, but hey, I am having such a good day right now. I mean, I don't know about you, but this is a great day throughout this whole NHL pods. We have some sort of news. We have something to nibble on the moment. And uh, yeah, it, it really just is an exciting time. And again, we can only hope that this just continues to get better and that we can see hockey fairly soon, like Jonesy mentioned. Absolutely. And Katie, one thing I think that was kind of um, was kind of a good way to go about it for the NHL was they announced that they were going to have an announcement at 4.30. So they kind of <laughs> built up the hype and it got fans yeah. like, oh my gosh, here we go, sports, hockey, let's go. Um, instead of yeah. just kind of just throwing it out there randomly, they really built the hype for the announcement, which I thought was a really clever way to get fans excited. Um, and one thing I wanted to know, Katie, I totally agree with what you said about some of the experienced guys on the Flyers. When you, look at the, when you also look at the no fan aspect, I think if there's one team that's really going to understand and really kind of do it for the city is the Flyers. It, I think the Flyers, especially given they have a, an experienced core, core here uh, that has seen some playoff disappointment, and I think they understand how craved the city is for a winner uh, in, in, with the hockey market. Um, the Flyers have not won a cup since 1975. All fans know that. So I think if there's one team that's really going to understand the importance of what this means for their, for their city, I think it's the Flyers. I think they really have a good grasp of how crazy this city is right now, how disappointed they were when this run came to a stop, and how excited they probably are for it to get back going again. I think the Flyers will really feel a motivation from their fans, even without having them. Um, if you look at certain teams like the Capitals, they had just, they've just won a Stanley Cup, so maybe they might not – fully grasp the importance of this, of this run. Uh, the Penguins have won three cups since 2009. So maybe they don't go into this. Not, I'm not going to say they're not going to care, but maybe they go into this knowing, well, Hey, you know, our fans have already had some experience with winning. Uh, the Bruins have won a Stanley cup not too long ago. I think the Flyers are going to go into this hungry, knowing their past, knowing their city and how much they want it. Um, I think that's a unique element that kind of favors the Flyers. And I, I'm excited for that. I think the city's excited for it, too. Yeah, and I have to completely agree. I love that. I mean, the fans are, I mean, I would say the most important, of course, the team is most important to get the job done. But the fans really do hype it up. Um, they celebrate uh, the wins. They're the, with you, for the most part, during the losses. Um, something that I just thought of, Jordan, too, that I was seeing on social media. Someone's like, I love this optimism, but – okay, well, if the six feet apart is still a thing, this is going to be a very long victory parade for Philadelphia. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of true. Um, I would love to see that. That would be uh, very interesting. 
Um, but it, it is fun to, to really jump ahead on that and just think, okay, that could, uh, that could maybe be an option. Fun in general, right? And when you do talk about fans, um, just in conclusion with this announcement from Gary Bettman, I did love how much he talked about they know how important the fans are. Like they want to support the fans. They want to do this for them, anything they can to just bring back that entertainment, bring back that, that love of the game um, they want. And that was sort of their whole entire focus, of course, on top of the, the health concerns of players, the, the coaching staff, the staff of every team and, and all personnel involved. But the fans are one of the top priorities that he mentioned for the NHL. And um, he did mention too, any plan can't be perfect. Uh, I think that's something too to just keep in mind, remember, it, like we've mentioned, this was a chance for the league to be creative. This is what they came up with. And you know what, if hockey's going to be back because of it, I have no issues at all. I totally agree. And one thing that really struck me too with the whole fan aspect, Katie, exactly what you brought up was, uh, I loved what Elaine Vigneault had to say uh, when we last spoke to him. He said, hey, I'm going to have zero frustration right now going into this. And I don't want my team, my team to have frustration either because this is a lot bigger than sports. Uh, and, uh, you know, the country is going through a tough time. The city of Philadelphia is going through a tough time. The Delaware Valley is going through a tough time. And he feels like the Flyers can really uplift their spirits with this. So he wants them going in kind of determined to do this for the city, for the Delaware Valley. Um, and I think Elaine Vigneault is really, really going to hit home on that when he talks to his team. And I think he's going to have them motivated for that aspect, to, to do this for the city, to uplift the spirits of everyone that loves the Flyers, uh, that's going through a tough time, uh, just outside of hockey, obviously. Uh, it's not like their, their team's going through a tough time. This is something that hits everyone on an emotional level, um, on a family-human aspect level. So I think Elaine Vigneault is going to have them ready to go kind of chomping at the bit. And uh, I think that's exciting. So, but Katie, great to see your, I always say this, but I mean it. It was great to see your face. Hey, great to hear your voice. You too. And we're really excited to, uh, to see hockey again soon. I hope we're uh, talking about more developments next time uh, we gather for another Flyers Talk podcast. Hey, I couldn't agree anymore. It's always fun. This was an extra fun one, Jordan. It's a great day to be a hockey fan. Um, we can remain hopeful that things will continue to get better. Everyone listening out there, stay safe. Hope you and your families are well. And once again, we want to give a shout out to Keith Jones for hopping on the podcast with us today. But Jordan, in the meantime, keep, uh, keep on keeping on. I wanted to think of something cooler to say there, but I mean, you can only come with, up with so many great things, you know? So okay. keep on keeping on. That's what I got to say. You're as cool as it gets. So that's, that's perfect for me. Wow. Katie Everett, thank you so much. Uh, and that is your latest Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Jordan Hall. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Stanley Cup playoff overtime hockey is the greatest thing going. Game four of the 2000 Eastern Conference semifinals proves that by being the longest game in the modern era of the National Hockey League. The game lasted over seven hours. Throughout the eight periods, players cramped up, had 10-second shifts on the ice, and the arena ran out of food, as told by Flyers play-by-play broadcaster Jim Jackson. They brought pizza to us well into the night. And they kind of surprised us. They came back a little earlier than expected. I said, welcome back to Civic Arena here in Pittsburgh. And I look at Dorney, and he's got pizza coming out of the corner of his mouth. Sports Uncovered presents the Marathon on Ice.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.